and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Get ready for a very sweet and uh, anxiety-helpful episode with Cassie Scarbo. You likely know her from the cultural cornerstone that is Sharknado. Or if you're me or my younger brother, you know her from Make It or Break It on ABC Family, the dramatic gymnastics television show that we were obsessed with. You'll hear all about it. Also, bring it on. Uh, all these cool things that she has been uh, so classically involved in. We talk all about it. Plus, she's got an incredible organization called Boo to Bullying that is doing really great, great, great work uh, to counteract bullying in real life and uh, online. This was a really sweet conversation. So please enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Cassie Scarbo. <laughs> Cassie, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat virtually as well. <laughs> of course. Um, now, are you in Florida or are you in Los Angeles right now? I am in Los Angeles. Okay. Although I, I wouldn't mind being in Florida with my family and a little less of a lockdown, but I am <laughs> in Los Angeles. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's where you're originally from and that's where all of your family is currently. Yeah. So I was born in New York. My family is like a very East Coast, like, very New York Italian cultured family, but they moved to Florida and that's where everyone is now. So gotcha. Okay. So take me back to the beginning. How did you get from Florida out to entertainment in California? Yes. Um, well, let's see. Actually, it's this is kind of a fun question because the first time I ever came here for anything entertainment wise, mm-hmm. the very first time I came to California was a family vacation to Santa Monica. Cool. But um, the very first time they came out here for the business, I, um, had a screen test for, for Hannah Montana, for the role of Hannah Montana. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. I had the, uh, that was kind of, and, um, at the time the casting directors had brought me out here, they set me up with Blake Lively's father, who is an act, who's an awesome acting coach, Ernie okay. Lively, and I worked with him a bit and you know how the industry is. It's kind of kind of crazy you know things get put on hold and then new writers come in or new producers and mm-hmm. everything happens for a reason and Miley's great but <laughs> that was my original um reason for coming out here and it wasn't even between her and I at the time um I actually never got to do the screen test I got the contract and then they kind of changed things up right before I, I tested so Whoa. Um, me and another girl who I remember was like a soap actress at the time. Whoa. And that was the first time I came out here. And I just fell so in love with everything LA oh. and I couldn't stop there. That's a very, like, you are thrust into Los Angeles entertainment experience immediately. Not only is it this major part, this major show, but then also it gets taken away from you before you even get to do it, which is like such a stupid Hollywood kind of thing to have happened. And everybody has a story like that. You can't even, you know, feel bad for yourself or anything. It's so... It's so typical, but I remember being like this 14 year old girl and like practicing my wand moves and <laughs> like what my Disney, what my like making yes. is going to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to go on to do so many other cool things, but that was the reason that I first came out here. Wow. Okay. So did you know when you were younger, were you like a, a performance kid? You, you dance obviously. Uh, so was that always growing up something that you were into? Yeah, always. Like I would drive my family crazy making them watch all these stupid little performances I would put together as a little girl. Dances or like little scenes. I just I've always loved performing, telling a story in any aspect. Um brings me so much joy and whether that's dancing or singing or 
acting. Um, I had begged to be in acting classes. So at eight years mm. old, my mom finally put me in <gasps> acting school at a place called Actors in South Florida. Fun. And at 10 years old, I, I got my first agents out there and started like print work and commercials. And yeah, I, I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I don't even, there wasn't like a specific moment. I know that there are people that are like, I saw this person perform and I knew that sure. I wanted to be just like her, but I just always loved performing to like oh. an annoying extent as a child. <laughs> Very fun. Now I have to say you, uh, you were starring in Bring It On. Um, well, first, we're going to get to that. But before that, you were in Make It or Break It. Was that before in the timeline? It was actually right before Make It or Break It. But they kind okay. of sound the same. So. <laughs> so Make It or Break It, my younger brother and I used to watch that like crazy. And like no one else that we knew watched. It was like our secret show that we watched together <laughs> because I did gymnastics like very briefly growing up. And then I was like, oh, my God, this show is about gym- gymnasts. And it's also dramatic. This is so fun. OK, for people that don't know. That. Yeah. For people that don't know, what was that show? Um, Make It or Break It was an ABC family. It was ABC family at the time for mm-hmm. Before it was freeform. And uh, it was a show about four Olympic hopefuls, four teenage girls, and just kind of what goes into training to be that level of an athlete. And honestly, the pressures and balancing trying to be a normal teenager and dating and all these things with also being such a high rank athlete, um, which I thought was so cool because there's not many shows like that, especially for for females. You know, I, I love that it was a uh, there it was four female athletes and, uh, I thought it was really cool. Cause at the time I felt like make it or break it really kind of like opened the envelope a bit. I feel mm-hmm. like the subject matter was a little more advanced at the time for what, you know, had been on ABC family. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a drama centered around four. Yeah. So <laughs> when you're going in for this role and there's gymnastics required, what's that like? Did you have to, did you have experience? Did you have to learn how to do cartwheels and the like? Um, you know, everybody that had booked one of the roles as a gymnast mm-hmm. had to have some kind of background that coincided with gymnastics, like whether sure. it was dance or some, you know, something on that level right. uh, or something in that field rather. But I had done gymnastics I, when I was like eight years old, where basically like you jump on the trampoline and jump into the pit. Right. So I was no, by no means a gymnast. Um, however, I think that the fact that I was very athletic, I played sports my whole life growing up and I was a dancer, um, really helped me. And at the end of the day, as much as I wish we could have, because I am such a daredevil, yeah. um, well, not all of our stunts, but we weren't, we wouldn't be allowed to do any of the stunts anyway, mm. even if we were at that level, just because of liability and all right. of that. So it was important that everyone was athletic and willing to learn certain, certain movements, but, um, and like landings and, and stuff like that. But, yeah. uh, it, it didn't, you didn't necessarily have to be a gymnast, mm. um, but they did have a, a, a really awesome like gym trailer on set. And we had a trainer that would train us in between like our shooting schedules and a month uh. before each season, they did have us in the gym doing very basic um, training just so that they could edit everything together. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, watching it, I was like, this looks so... I know that they're, you know, they have stunt doubles or whatever it is, but like they're doing gymnastics on this. This is so fun to watch. (laughs) It was really fun. And we got to do some things. And there was like a couple, you know, movie or TV rather, magic Mm -hmm. 
tricks that were involved. Uh, you know, one of the beams was a, a wide beam that you couldn't tell was mm. wide and things gotcha. like that to keep us safe. Um, but anytime I did try to do something a little risky, I, I, I was infamous for this. The line producer would always come up to me and be like, Cassie, I'm not like, get off. I'm like, no, I almost had it. I was learning my back walk over on B yeah. or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. So fun. But then also, so uh, right before that, you do Bring It On, which is literally like another iconic, uh, acrobatic cheerleading thing. What was that like to book that part? Oh my gosh, that was my first bigger role. So that was yeah. the exciting phone call I've ever received. I uh, just being a teenage girl, I was 17 when I booked that role and who like wow. doesn't know the Bring It On franchise. Exactly. You know, I was a dancer. I cheerleaded, uh, done, done cheerleading when I was younger. So for me, it was just like, it was a dream come true. It was so much fun. And it was so neat because we shot that film in Orlando, which is only a few hours north of where my family was. Nice. So my friends were visiting with my parents and my siblings were, well, my mom was there with me because I was 17, but uh, my friends were visiting, my dad would come up. So it was just like the most amazing experience overall. And um, like I said, it was my first bigger production. So I was just so grateful uh, to be on a set like that. It was so much fun. So fun. And also like at 17, there's pressure for this, like, you know, this legacy film to then do it. Like that must've been bonkers to take on so young. You know what? I was so fearless when I was 17. Oh, I miss that kind of energy. <laughs> it's, it's so, you know, everyone's different. And, and it's so crazy to me because I feel like now I would think more about stuff like that mm -hmm. at 30. But at 17, <laughs> you know, I did. Yeah. Like, let's go. I've got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I youthful energy and excitement. Um, uh, just yeah. like blind bravery. Totally. Oh, I wish they could bottle it and sell it. Uh, well, I mean, uh, moving on from there, then you work in the Sharknado franchise. So yeah. talk, talk me through how this happened, because this is also iconic and must have been so surreal and strange. Uh, and all of those things. All the things like how can you possibly predict the outcome of it, the the fandomonium about it? So yeah, how did that go down? Totally, um, Sharknado is such a just it's it makes still to me it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, well, here's a question. Here's a question. Let's say an alien came down. Obviously, it has no idea about our culture, or whatever. Uh, how do you describe Sharknado to this alien? Pandemonium. It makes no sense. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I, I received that script. I was told that I had 24 hours to give an answer whether I was going to do it or not. Whoa. Um, my manager at the time, she was like, you know, Tara Reed's involved and I am Zeering's involved. This could be really fun. Just let me know. Give it a read. And I think about three pages in, I was yeah. like, I have to do this because it's so crazy. Like, I can't yeah. do this. This is something like you couldn't even make up sharks flying in tornadoes. It wasn't even called Sharknado yet. It was oh, called wow. Skies at the time. It was and called what? It was called Dark Skies before. It was oh, not as catchy. <laughs> not as catchy. I really feel like the name has a lot to do with the success, if I'm being honest. In the beginning, yeah. it's just so strange. You're like, what the heck is that? Yeah. But um, yeah, I was like, you know, I've been playing a gymnast. I've been wearing a leotard and scrunchies for a few years now. Let's let's uh, trade it out for a really badass uniform and <laughs> go around slaying sharks. Like it just sounded like so much fun. Uh. And I was like, no one will probably see this, you know, like I, I hope so, but not many people. It's a sci-fi movie of the week. It'll, it'll be fun, but 
I never in a million years thought it would turn into this uh, phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, you know, this global phenomenon, not phenomenon at that. And you no know, six movies later. So it's, yeah. it's, it's great. You never, it, that's just Hollywood. Like you never know what's going to take off. And it's, of course, like half the time, it's the silliest thing. You're like, really? It's right. So- yeah, that like, how can you possibly get comfortable with uncertainty? That's all Hollywood is, is total uncertainty. Now, what was, so you do the first one, you think it's going to be this like throwaway silly thing. When do you realize that like, uh-oh, this is becoming um, a cultural uh, uh, cornerstone now? Literally. Honestly, when I got a call to go on Good Morning America, I was like, <laughs> What? Are you kidding me? I was in Florida with my family watching like, cause my, you know, they're going to support anything I do. So sure. we're all together and we're watching the uh, premiere. And I, I actually, first I noted, I didn't think this was going to make it this, this cornerstone, but I knew that I found out we were trending on Twitter and obviously like mm. a lot of celebrities started getting in on it. So it was really fun and just became this thing, but I just figured, Oh, okay. Like, you know, this is fun, but it didn't mean anything. And then, yeah, my manager called, she's like, you need it you need to get on with a publicist right now. Cause I was, I happen to be on hiatus. Yeah. And she's like, you have like three interviews set up for tomorrow and you're, you need, we need to get you to New York. And I'm like, okay, wow. like, literally what is happening? Seriously pinch me. I'm not awake. Like this is. Wow. Business. Wow. And also I'm curious what the uh, experience was like of people coming up to you were people coming up to you on the street? Were people like, what's the weirdest situation that you've had in that regard? Honestly, I feel like I've had weirder situations <laughs> over the internet of people like wanting to get certain tattoos, like from Sharknado of like Nova and stuff like, wow. like that. But in person, I think the coolest thing to me, or maybe it's not really weird, but just super neat is being, um, just being in a different country and people coming up to you. I just think that's so so cool. You know, I, I remember this happening in Spain and happened in Italy and, and it's because they were Sharknado fans and, you know, wow. and there. um, to me, yeah, just when you're in a different part of the world, that's so foreign to you. It's so cool that someone would know you. And that sounds kind of silly because it happens all the time online, but in person, like, you know, yeah. we'll speak a different language and, and, you know, are from a different culture. It's so beautiful. I'm like, wow, this is, just makes it so real. And it really shows how big of an audience this movie has, you know, when people it's, from other countries are coming up to you. Yeah, it's wild that you don't speak the same language, but the uh, sci-fi movie translates no matter what. Right? It's Sharknado <laughs> language. It's Sharknado yeah. language. <laughs> so now, I'm, I'm sure the whole filming experience, because you were in four of the six movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. and so... I'm sure it's all a whirlwind and it's very surreal to even think about, but is there a standout moment from filming for you? Oh, there's so many moments, but I think for me, uh, I had this really cool scene where, uh, my character forms an army. (laughs) She forms a sisterhood, (laughs) like this alliance, this worldwide alliance of Sharknado. It's a Sharknado sisterhood. And me, um, you know, just being the captain of this, this amazing pack of women. Yeah. Uh, I have this speech before we parachute out of this plane and start taking down these sharks. And for me, that was just so neat because that's <laughs> not anything I ever thought like saw coming, you know, and I love that they gave, they, they kind of added that female empowerment moment yeah. to the character. 
And, uh, you know, cause Ian in the beginning was more so like the hero and he always was, but it was cool that they allowed the other, the, you know, the women to also be heroes as well. And that yeah. was, we actually shot that scene in two places in Bulgaria, um, on a sound stage, but then wow. Tokyo. So it was just so neat that everything that, that, you know, that scene encapsulated just, you know, all the, the two different countries and wow. all the speech and all of the gear. It was just so much fun for me. Yeah. That there's this underlying feminist, uh, agenda yeah. happening. <laughs> I was like, yes, writers. I love this. This is so fun. It was That's awesome. amazing. Did you ever have any, um, celebrities or people that you totally didn't expect, like reach out to you or over Twitter or anything that had seen the movie that totally surprised you? So many, but my favorite was Daniel Radcliffe. I love that uh, <laughs> he had known all about Sharknado and it was like a little thing at Comic-Con at one point because I'm such a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. Then, I mean, but there are so many and it's just so, because even if people haven't seen the movie, you've yeah. heard Sharknado, you know, yeah. those people. So it is weird just throughout the years, you know, running into people who I know who are incredible actors that I look up to. <sighs> Uh, just being like, by the way, that was so neat. Like this whole short <laughs> thing, I can't believe that blew up to, you know, and congratulations. And I'm like, you know about this? Like you can. Oh, incredible. Thank you. But yeah, I think Daniel Radcliffe was a really fun one for us. That's yeah. What a, that's like a Mad Lib sentence. That's so funny. <laughs> it's oh, so surreal. Maybe Sharknado is in like a bunch of those games. I know we're in like set heads up seven up. <laughs> I think we're in like a cards against humanity or something. Amazing. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I want to talk all about boot bullying because uh, it sounds like such a wonderful organization. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here. Wanting to say two things, a big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not too deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the app store and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, boo to bullying. What is, how do you describe what this is? Uh, well, for me personally, this is like my my purpose, but yeah. bullying is a 501c3. And our main focus is our school programming, which now has gone virtual. Um, cool. And yeah, we seek to eradicate hate, intolerance, injustices. Uh, we're very prevalent in the LGBTQ plus community. And Amazing. Yeah, that's like, I guess... And yeah, you can do tackle the bullying. Yeah, you've been doing this for how long now? This has been a long time. Yes, it's been a decade, and uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I like. There's no coincidences. Like I feel like everything happens for a reason. I would say it fell on my lap because it did, but yeah. it really became my purpose. I had been wanting to get involved with charity around that time. I was actually mm-hmm. trying trying to form my own five hundred one c three, and there is so much. I was on make it or break it at the time, and there's so much that goes into that, like paper files yeah. and this and that. What is a 501c3, by the way? So it's the state registered. Like it, it's what um, okay. actually makes it a le- makes your organization a legitimate nonprofit. 
Got it. Okay, cool. I say that as if people, I just realized I say it all the time and everyone's probably like, what the heck is she talking about? No, that's, it's really helpful because I know that there's, it's obviously it's an important organization, but it's also important to legitimize the the work. Yeah. The work that you're doing. Right. And the funds that you're getting are going towards your programs and people, no one's getting scammed and it's all professional and, um, yeah, yeah, taken care of by the law. So yeah. that's basically what it means. It's just a fancy word for legitimate, I got guess. It. And yeah, I got involved a decade ago. I was at an event and I got approached by one of the co-founders at the time. Uh, she's just like, I love your personality. And we were talking for a while. They were looking for ambassadors. And at the time, I didn't even really know what that meant. I was like, that's right. just like such a big, cool word. <laughs> yeah. like, I love to take on anything and everything. So I was like, I want to be an ambassador. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. so awesome and for such a great cause. And I was playing a bully. So I was like, mm. oh, this, I can finally make use of everything I've learned from playing Lauren Tanner at the time on Make It or Break It and yeah. you know, do some good work. So I was like, hell yeah, let's go. And then about five, six years later, um, I, uh, they had asked if I wanted to become the West Coast Executive Director. Once again, wow. I had no idea exactly what that meant, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course I do. I want to be the best person to be director. Yeah. I figured it out. And then from there, they were like, do you want to be vice president? And I was like, <gasps> absolutely. Still don't know what that entails now, but we're going to do it. And here we are wow. five years later. We were able to serve over 100,000 students this year. <gasps> and uh, yeah, the goal is to just keep growing and doing the That's- good it's real. I mean, I think it's really cool. And obviously, in the social media world that we're all involved in, incredibly important because it's not only something that exists in the real world anymore. It now is a, a virtual situation. Okay. Uh, so what's the kind of work that you guys are doing with with students and, and things like that? Yeah, I mean, we would we start off more foundational work. We actually mm-hmm. just started another program that's K through three called CAPE. Um, and it's just not only do we tell our own stories when, and open up a safe space and kind of uh, showcase the fact that bullying doesn't discriminate and we've all got our, yeah. our stories, which in itself is so much less isolating. And I think that people are targeted when they, when they are isolated, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where the lines are so blurred and it's really just offering support and the right tools and tricks and tips if you will. And that really starts with the foundation, knowing who you are, checking in on mm. yourself fully, which we tend to forget because we think mm. bullying, we think other people. And mm-hmm. then, you know, actually Anna Lynn McCord, a good friend of mine and amazing advocate for so many things, uses this term. And it's like, you know, if the voice inside your head was a person, would you be friends with that person? Mm. And my answer at first was no, hell no. We're <laughs> <laughs> our own worst critic. So it's really teaching um, our students how to eradicate that and to find things that you're passionate about and learn acceptance and love and and also understand that whatever it is that you dislike about yourself to kind of use that to grow to you know why why do I not like this thing is it because someone mm-hmm. else made me feel that way you know mm-hmm. because if so then that doesn't matter what matters is that you know who you are and, and that you're you know speaking to yourself and staying true to yourself so and if if it's something because you know they made some type of mistake in the past it's learning to accept and to forgive yourself and to move forward and there's so many different ways to go about tackling bullying but i really do believe that the first step is um tackling your own bully and that's yeah. like teach you know just being able to find find ways to love yourself. And there's so many ways to go about that. But, um, and then from there, it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder for someone to, um, get to you really, you know, I feel like people want to hurt people, but it's really hard to hurt people that are 
really strong and, and have that, that, that foundation and, and, you know, a support system, making sure that they have people they can reach out to making sure that they know that it's cool to reach out. It's okay that we all go through this. A hundred percent. I like retweet all of those sentiments big time. The I also think it's very cool because you have been very um, transparent about your anxieties and different experiences, especially being in Hollywood for as long as you've been. This is not a very, you know, fun place a lot of the times, uh, which I and a lot of the things you're saying, I think people, too, would would assume that that's like, you know, a simple concept. Why do you need to keep saying it? But you really do need to keep reminding people of these things, especially this last year when like we've been isolated and our own brains have to take care of our own brains. And a lot of times it's like the isolation of it all. You start to realize or don't realize that you talk to yourself differently uh, than you should be. The self-bully has been a little strong this year. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No. Yeah. I, I definitely, um, especially the past like year and a half, two years have really opened up about my own, you know, mental health issues, the anxiety. Um, I've dealt with OCD. I used to get panic attacks, ADD. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I've had like a nice little slew of things. Yeah. All the D's. (laughs) Yeah. Literally. I just, I've ever since I started doing that and I got past the fear of becoming, of being vulnerable or or whatever it may be. uh, So many people have reached out. And to me, Mm. it's like, if I can help one person, I'll do this every day for the rest of my life. You know, it's so important. I don't care how much I sound like a broken record because if it is helping people and which it is, I'll do it to the day I die. And yeah. and yeah, especially this year during this pandemic, what I've learned, um, cause my anxiety got worse than ever in, in like probably the past couple months, it's finally mm-hmm. under control. But, uh, what I'd noticed is just change, change is scary and trying to navigate. Yeah. I mean, it sounds so simple, but trying to navigate this new normal in the beginning, if I'm being honest, not to sound insensitive, I kind of enjoyed it because I yeah. had this break from Hollywood that can become a little, you know. Yeah, hard. that's, uh, I, I saw you posting, I think it was on your Instagram that you were so thankful to like have been able to go home and yeah. connect with your family and not be caught in the rat race of Los Angeles. And I agree, same here, that like having a bit of a break from like the superficiality that's constantly happening and yeah. a lot of like, you know, the judgment cycles that we have on ourselves, yeah. others have on us, etc. It was nice even though everything else was incredibly strange and uncertain. But yeah, in the beginning, it was a little comforting to take a break. But then after a while, yeah, you start spinning wheels. (laughs) Yeah. And it kind of just happened out of nowhere. I was, I just started feeling really overwhelmed and I had to sit down because anxiety doesn't, and this is something I talk about all the time, doesn't come from nowhere. Like there's usually a a reason as to why even in the moment, if it feels like there's not, and then you start to feel crazy, like, why is this happening? But it always does. And I I really got, it it really gave me time to truly go inward and to do like that shadow work and figure it out. And I was like, I am terrified of change. I love challenges. I love risks. I love travel. Like that's different. But for me, change, like I didn't realize how many people I simply just haven't even seen this year that I used to do all the time, whether it was at events or auditions or you know, and, and also with my art, just like feeling so stunted and obviously there's self tapes, but I miss going in a room. I even miss the nerves. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I, I miss all of it. And it's just been such a, just, just been so much change. And for me, 
Um, that's why I've been talking a lot about it recently because I know so many people are dealing with change. Um, you don't have to be in, you know, in the en- in entertainment industry to be dealing with change. It's yeah. everybody and it can be so heavy. And, and almost everybody I know truly has dealt with some form of something, whether it's like depression or just anxiety or stress. Yeah. Um, so, and, and just people who weren't able to go home for the holidays and how that affected them. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. And it's, it's something too, that a lot of times, uh, and I find for myself sometimes, like I struggle with anxiety and a lot of it will feel like it comes out of nowhere suddenly. And you're like, what's going on. But then when you start asking yourself questions and you like bring it back to the source, you can always kind yeah. of figure it out. Um, but also for other people, sometimes you don't realize that you're dealing with something. You just kind of are managing something. And then when you hear someone else talk about a hardship or a struggle, you can kind of connect and go, oh, is that what I've also been dealing with? Oh, shoot. Okay. There's a word for it. Right. It's, it's so true. And at the end of the day, like I, it, it's, I feel like that allows it to become more of like, um, I think there's just comfort in numbers and, and yeah, when you talk about something and someone can connect and, and put a name to something, it is comforting. But at the same time, I always tell people like, you know, either whether it's students or just friends that I'm talking to about this type of stuff that it's like, you know, sometimes the name can also make it scary. Like it's just your brain on overdrive. It's just mm. your, you as a human being trying to process something a lot of the times, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for certain things, um, you know, there are scientific reasonings and everything behind them. I'm not saying there's not, but like, words can make people feel like they're put in some type of group or like you're the girl with this or you're the girl with that. And I just feel like if we were to really open up like everybody's brain, there's some form of something you've dealt with at some point in time. So if that does comfort you and putting a name and knowing like there are so many people that deal with that, amazing. But if those names scare you, just know like it's just a word that for simply I'm a human and this is just life. You know what I mean? And and we all go through it. And I always tell people as well, because I feel like when you're going through something, at least for me, it does feel so isolating. You're like, I'm the only person in the world who's dealing with this. And I'm crazy. And it's like, do you realize there's like 7 billion people on the planet? I promise so many people are going through this right now. Yeah. Um, And it's just so important for me to continuously reinforce that because unfortunately, and I hate saying this, but the truth of the matter is the suicide rates are skyrocketing right now. So our, mm. our work really is so important. And if, even if it's just allowing somebody to realize that they're not alone and they're not crazy and everything they're feeling is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's all, you know, if it's just helping and saying little things like that and sending those little messages, then, you know, I will continue, like I said, to do it because it really makes me sad just what's going on with with people's mental health, you know, right. Yeah. All around it's- the globe. It's also great to just normalize talking about it casually, you know, and giving some sort of levity to it a little bit, like having a, yeah, a lighthearted conversation about it and not making it the end of the world all the time for yourself and having it as a casual conversation, I think is incredibly helpful. Now, what are, what are next steps for boo to bullying? Well, like I was saying, we now have our Cape, uh, our Cape program, which I'm very excited about because that's for the little ones. And one of my best friends, Katie Welch actually created the program. It's finished. It's done. Um, it's all been filmed and edited. It's, it looks beautiful. It's so exciting for kids to watch it because it's like a little visual treat. Oh, cute. it has like a blues clues vibe to it. Fun. So, so yeah, so that's really exciting. Um, and just, we're going to continue on with all our virtual programs, which 
uh, is are basically the same as our in-person programs. We're just moving them to big zoom sessions like this. And, um, and then we've done, we've, we've partnered up with the app compete, which is a new app. It is a bully free app. There are no fun. Yes. Oh, what's yes. that like? I don't have I, one of those on my phone right now. <laughs> I know, right? Can't everything be like that? Yeah. And it's basically, um, it's almost like a TikTok type platform where there are different types of challenges. Um, it's a great creative outlet, especially during this time. If anyone's feeling stunted like I've been feeling. Yeah. And um, it's based off of votes and there's cash prizes. There's, um, yeah, it's really fun. There's different fields. Like there's most creative, um, who, whoever's just gotten the most votes in general, there's different yeah. yeah, categories and everything is filtered five times through before going on the app so that all the videos and all the footage and everything is, uh, that nothing is offensive and it's just a wonderful app. And wow. they, yeah, they, they've done this partnership with us. They linked a GoFundMe page to help us, um, you know, gather, generate more funds for everything that we're trying to do. And this new, you know, navigating this new normal and nice. Yeah. It's really fun. So I believe the winner is going to be announced any day now for the Buddha bullying, the cool. stand-up bullying challenge, but the app in general, which we, uh, you know, are partnered basically with at this point is just so much fun. And there's so many cool things. If anyone uh. wants pop on. That's awesome. What a great resource, a great outlet for everyone, especially Uh, now while we're still trying to figure everything out to have a place where you know you can go on and get good vibes. It's great. It's awesome. Now in the in the quarantine of it all, I got to ask, what have you been watching? What have you been binging? What have you been obsessed with? (laughs) <laughs> I've not been binging. Now that the quarantine has been so long that I can't mm-hmm. even remember what I started with. I'm like, same. I I don't know what I what I even started with, but I'm now rewatching shows, which is kind of fun. I never. Um, I did just watch Bridgerton. Wonderful. Okay. You know that's like the new. Yeah. Fun that everyone was binging. Um. However, after this Sex in the City news came out, you mm. know the, the reboot. Uh, sadly, the, the non-Samantha reboot, I've decided yes. that I need to watch from the beginning because I've never watched Sex in the City from the beginning. I've always kind of like, I don't know, if, I, if it was like a marathon on, on a, some type of network, I would pop in and watch and I've seen the movies, but I was like, you know what? I've got to start from the way... <laughs> Now's <beginning>. the time. <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah, I have. Uh, I've only seen clips of episodes. I've never actually watched an entire episode, but I did have the same thought that with the news being announced that I was like, well... I should, yeah. now I have the time to may as well go back and do that. I know exactly. <laughs> Anything that you, uh, ever wanted to binge now is probably sadly the time. <laughs> Truly. Uh, I also heard that you love a good episode of friends and the office. Oh yeah. Now, if you, uh, could be on one of those casts, which one would you choose? <sighs> it's tough. It's very so tough. Hard. I mean, I love both so much, but like, I feel like, I feel like aesthetically it'd be so fun to be on the friends cast just because Mm. actually it was one of, it was the first, I think live show. Oh no, that was Joey. I was too young. (laughs) Joey did his reboot of the Joey show. That was the first show I ever watched from an, from the audience, which was fun. But, um, I have to say friends just cause like that, that, that whole vibe, that New York yeah. city, cute ass little apartment, all the apartments that they have. And, yep. um, just the dynamic between all of them is, it, it, it just had to be so much fun. Like the office is hilarious. Like I love watching it as a viewer because it's so sarcastic and dry. And that is my type of humor. Yes. But the friendships and just 
the dynamic between all the characters and friends, I just feel like there couldn't, there can't possibly be a better show to have been a part of. It, yeah, and also a show that, like, again, like Sharknado, like, you don't realize the magic sauce that's happening as you're doing it and what's going to come from it and how iconic it's going to be. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I I wish they would do a reboot of Friends. <laughs> right? Okay, we're going to take one last break. When we uh, get back, I have a couple internet questions for you, so we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Cassie, before we get into these internet questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Throw cold spaghetti. (laughs) Very hard-hitting question. And it can be... Why is uh, this hard? Why is it hard? It stumps people all the time. And this, I have to let you know that it, this answer, I think, can change on a daily basis. It's just who in the moment currently would you most want to. And also, you know, this this spaghetti throw can be uh, a cere- like celebratory thing. It can be a happy thing. It can also be a negative thing. It's just entirely up to your intention. I know it's difficult. Wait, it's a- I just I have somebody and I can't think of the name right now. <laughs> I'm literally blinking on the name, the Game of Thrones, the blonde hair, the dude, the, oh. the evil dude. Why can I not think of his name? Joffrey. Joffrey. Yeah, That's there we go. Spaghetti at. And yeah. <laughs> That's I fantastic. I was like, why am I having a brain fart right now? No, it happens to me all the time. I'm like, I can picture this in my head perfectly. Uh, yeah. Joffrey's a great answer. Joffrey. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or or bathroom emergency situation, but you can only use three words or small phrases. So for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. <laughs> okay, mine. Oh, I love that you have one immediately. Sometimes oh, people don't. Yeah. I, have, I, was, I, I uh, entertained a podcast for a minute and the very first episode i talked about it oh perfect <laughs> and mine would be oh god everyone just saw my sweatpants um love it mine would be Uh-oh. 29th birthday yeah in public oh yoga pants oh no and one more um too large of an iced coffee Oh, oh, it's always a coffee related incident follow up questions there. Um, okay, let's get into these Instagram questions for you. Someone wants to know, uh, how do you take care of your mental health? Um, it's a very good question. I think the number one thing, which can be a very scary thing is talking about it. Yeah. Um, I will pick up the phone immediately and whether it's my mom, a friend, uh, whether I'm talking about it on social media with strangers, mm. it's so important to get it out of the body. I think it's the most brave thing you can do. And I think it's the best way to take care of yourself. And it never makes you look crazy no matter what anyone tries to say. Yeah. And that's mine. That's my go-to. And it's usually, I usually call my mom like, mom, here's what I'm going through. Oh, it's great because I, yeah, you, you have it built up in your head as this tremendously impossible thing to manage. And then when you say it out loud, I always imagine that it's like a a balloon deflating. And you're like, Oh, it's not as terrible. 
I feel so much more normal now. Yeah. Um, I had never seen a therapist, which I so, was, I don't know why, because I think they're wonderful and that yeah. we need to like shed that stigma that they're not totally. and therapy. But I saw a therapist for the first time this year. I've only seen her twice and I can't wait to see her more at some point. Oh, but it's great. Therapy is fantastic. Yeah. Just to talk about navigating this new normal and just to literally talk about anything. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. be crazy. You can literally talk about what happened in your day yeah. and it's weird how much better you feel. You're like, yeah. Oh, I just literally talked about the errands I ran today and like a couple little things here and there and I feel better. So yep. I, yeah, talking about it, getting it out of the body. Um, it's amazing. Nice. It's great. And it's also one of those that you assume is like common sense until you remember uh, that you haven't done it. Exactly. Uh, okay. Someone wants to know what's something that you've learned during quarantine uh, or a new hobby you might've picked up. What I learned during quarantine. I signed up for so many classes that I admittedly did not finish. Oh, there you go. <laughs> way too oh, over aggressive about this. I was like, now, you know, in the beginning, everyone's like, now's the time. If you haven't done something, yeah. start that side hustle or do yeah. this. It's awesome for some people. For me, I'm like, I just need to enjoy my family, meditate, mm. uh, you know, dive inwards and just relax for a minute. That was like, yeah. my, that was my beginning. Um, now I'm antsy and wanting to work. But I, there's no new hobbies. I just, or, you know, I think what I learned about myself is kind of what I was saying before. I just, I am not a huge fan of change. I feel, I like Mm. comfort. I like stability, whether it's my people, people, places, things. It's just like that comfort. Totally. And it's also uh, one of those things I had the same kind of beginning of quarantine of feeling like I should be hustling in some other direction, but not uh, also not wanting to do that. So I'm like, I'm having a conversation with myself. If I'm not doing it, it must not be something I want to do right now. Totally. totally. And that's okay. Yeah. Okay. Someone wants to know which was more physically difficult fighting, fighting sharks or doing gymnastic flips? Honestly, the stuff that I did have to do on Make It or Break It or that I did start to learn on the bars and even certain like, yeah, things on the beam, I would say, I would say gymnastics. It was really, Mm. that's hard. That takes a lot of core strength. Yeah. Um, The things that we did learn on the, uh, yeah, like the, now I'm forgetting all the lingo, like our kips, our kips are uh, basically how you start a bar routine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I should know this. Um. Oh my God, to be able to pull yourself up. Yeah. It's so it's, you could, would never imagine how hard it is. So, uh, I would say gymnastics, fighting the sharks was so much fun. You know, you have all these weapons, they're not real weapons. And you're basically just like hitting the air. <laughs> <laughs> the editors do the rest. So as much as I want to sound more badass, uh, right. the gymnastics was harder. Love it. Okay. Last question before we wrap up, what's your go-to comfort food or snack? always pizza. And like yeah. before it became a trendy, it kind of like it's trendy now. Like yeah. I swear to you, it's like weird. It's, it's medicinal to me. Medicinal. Yeah. Well, you're also, movie. you're Italian. So I feel I like your standards for it must be, you know, pretty critical. My standards <laughs> for Italian food are so high. My standards for pizza, like I love a shitty pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's better than like a nice, like you know, Napoleon style pizza. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just want disgusting Papa John's with garlic sauce. Like, yep. 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 I Absolutely like fantastic. 
Um, Cassie, this has been so fun. Now, before we say goodbye, we like to give our guests a little uh, token of our appreciation. And I believe it's been emailed to you. Uh, We do little virtual fortune cookies with a little personalized message. Uh, If you are able to open that up. This fortune brings you healing to treat your post-traumatic shark disorder. May peace be with you. Thank you. Thank you. That PTSD is, you know, that is so funny. Oh my God, you guys, I love this. I I love it. Okay, now Cassie, where can people find you? Where can they get uh, into boot bullying if they're interested? How How do they get all that information? Well, I am at Cassie Skirbo on Instagram and Twitter that I got locked out of like a year and a half ago. You're not missing anything. Don't worry. (laughs) <laughs> well, maybe um, now, now that the inauguration has happened, it's safe to go back on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm at Cassie Scarbo. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm mostly on, on Instagram. Um, cool. And for Buddha bullying, we are at boo to bullying on all platforms, number two bullying. Um, and you can also go to boo, boo number two bullying, boo to bullying.org. Uh, to find out ways to get involved, um, cool. to kind of check out what we're up to or to donate. And yeah, I feel like that's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was so fun. And guys, go check out everything she's doing on Instagram and uh, get ready for her possible return to Twitter and go check out Buddha Bullying because like we said, it's fun to talk about it. It's fun to know you're not alone. And you guys are doing some really incredible stuff over there. So congratulations. So cool. Thank you so much, Grace. You're awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. (laughs) 